It's Friday night, and here on Three Valleys Radio, it's time for the racing show. If you're into racing, then this is the programme for you. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top jockeys. Top trainers. So make sure you make a note. Friday night's racing show on Three Valleys Radio. the show tonight we're joined by rod millman whose horses are running out of their skins at the moment without getting the the sort of prizes that they deserve really jamie snowden who's also having a real purple patch uh, up at lambourne colin brown and dave wilson join us with all the tips for the weekend and we also managed to catch up with holly doyle the name on everybody's lips at the moment add to that we've got all the fixtures and obviously all the news from the racing media so let's kick on straight away with all the racing news from mike padden Hello and a very warm welcome along to the news from the racing media, which includes racing television, the racing post and the sporting life. Let's kick off today with our first story. An emotional Charlie Hills was close to tears as he paid tribute to Batash, describing arguably the best gilding ever trained on the flat in Britain as his horse of a lifetime. It is 10 years since the Hills took over the training license from his legendary father Barry and since then a race of classics have been won along with an unprecedented haul of four successive group ones for sublime sprinter Muhara. But in that time no horse at Farringdon Place has come close to matching the popularity Batash accumulated during the, a 25 year career that ended on Saturday morning a day after the seven-year-old had disappointed in the King George Qatar Stakes at Glorious Goodwood. That decision, made by Sheikhar Misa Hamdan al-Maktoum, the daughter of the gelding's initial owner, Hamdan al-Maktoum, who died in March, left Hill's youngest son, Eddie, in tears, and his father at times came close to choking them back. And it is little wonder, considering what the compact son of Dark Angel achieved in a glittering period that yielded 13 wins. Four at the highest level in the Nunthorpe, twice, King Stand and Abbey, and, of course, £1,774,180 in prize money. His best racing post rating of 129 was achieved twice, including in the 2019 Nunthorpe, when he lowered the mighty Deja's 29-year track record, and he was officially recognised as the world's best sprinter that year. Hill said, It's been a great trip, a hell of a journey. We had six years and he was at the top of his game. He had 25 starts and was out of the first four just three times. He's had a top career and this weekend has been emotional. His Abbey win, or as a three-year-old, was probably the standout. That was pretty special, but there were obviously his Nunthorpe victories as well and winning at Royal Ascot 
That was a big moment, and he'd been beaten in the race twice, and then won it. Hill's Lambourne neighbour, Nicky Henderson, has had his fair share of public horses in the Star Chasers, Sprint, Sacra and Altior, but they are rarer on the flat, something not lost on the Speedballs team. Hills added that it was great having a horse like him who kept going for so long. And our next story up from the racing media. Another British gold medal was a particularly welcome sight for champion jockey Oisin Murphy, who hailed friend and top man Oliver Townend following the eventing team's victory on Monday. Townend, Laura Collett and Tom McEwen claimed the first British eventing team gold medal in 49 years and the 11th gold for Britain at Tokyo 2020. Murphy, who is an avid eventing fan and owns a horse with Townend, he preys on the rider and mount Balakmore class after the pair's first Olympic appearance. Murphy said, It was brilliant. He's a top man and has put in a lot of work to get there. I've actually ridden the horse as well, which is a special thing to have done. He continued, they've performed incredibly well, and while I've never competed in an event, I love watching it. I own a bit of an eventer as well. I've always watched badminton, as there was such good coverage of it on terrestrial television, but I never thought I'd own one, until Oliver roped me in to buy one. He's the one to blame for that, he said. The equestrian events at Tokyo 2020 conclude on Saturday with the show jumping team finals. Another story now from the racing media. Fern O'Brien, the 16-year-old daughter of jumps trainer Fergal, enjoyed a dream first ride under rules as she steered 25 to 1 outsider Lord P to a comfortable win for her father at Carlisle's Monday evening meeting exclusively for female riders. O'Brien, who competed in her last pony race on Thursday, was up against leading jockeys such as Safi Osborne, Megan Nichols, Laura Pearson and Josephine Gordon in the six furlong handicap. The young rider, unfazed by her opposition, delivered a ride beyond her years, taking the lead in the final furlong and seeing out the win by three and a quarter lengths. It was a very proud moment for Fergal, who leads the Jump Trainers Championship, and he said, We're very proud of her. She deserves it as she works very hard in the yard. She's been riding since she was four or five, just messing about with the ponies. Sally Randall, assistant and partner to the trainer, bought her a race pony when she was twelve, and she's been going at it since then, really. Fern only became eligible to ride races under rules on Saturday after turning 16, with her father explaining that this was far from a long-term target. He said, It wasn't really planned. Lord P was a horse I had off Richard Hannon for my landlord's dad. We ran him over hurdles, and he didn't really stay over the hurdles. He wasn't the best mover, so we tried to rehome him. Christy Muse, who had him, said this horse had turned a corner. He's definitely moving better, and he's happier. Now, this was last January, and he thought he would be a good horse for Fern to start off with, so we arranged to have the horse, and the rest, of course, is history. We're delighted. Fern, a winner of five pony races, finished a credible fourth on her only other ride of the evening, Lockdown Dream, again for her father. Some more news now. The Racing Post has teamed up with SIS to celebrate the work of retail staff during the COVID-19 pandemic in a one-off Betting Shop Champions Awards. 
The awards, which are open to all retail staff in Britain and Ireland, will recognise the efforts of those working on the industry's front line during what has been a challenging and difficult period. The annual betting shop manager of the year competition has been cancelled for the last two years because of the pandemic, and Racing Post chief executive Alan Byrne said the two companies were determined to do something to celebrate the fantastic work done throughout the industry. He said, "We have heard many stories of managers and other people in retail going above and beyond the call of duty to protect the health of their customers and their staff, and simply to keep their shops open for business in the face of the challenges the pandemic has imposed on us all. We want to salute those efforts and highlight the resilience and determination that so many people have shown." SIS Chief Executive Richard Ames added. It's been a very difficult time for the industry over the last eighteen months, but during this period, there will be countless stories of how betting shop managers and staff have gone above and beyond for their customers. He said, "We are very pleased to be part of these awards and want to recognise the efforts of those who have continued to offer outstanding service to their communities and our industry." Good luck to all those who are nominated, and I look forward to celebrating our betting shop heroes at the award. From next Tuesday, betting shop staff are invited to nominate a colleague using an online form, and the closing date for nominations will be September the third. A panel will then shortlist eight betting shop staff who will be recognised at a virtual awards event hosted by Lee's Mottershead on November the seventeenth. The panel includes Tanya Stevenson, Richard Haler of Elbas,、uh, Helen Scott of SIS, former BHA chief executive Nick Rust, and Jim Kremin. Everyone who is nominated will receive a special Racing Post front page. And our final story today: a 23-year-old man was arrested after a car was driven into a crowd of racegoers exiting Lingfield on Saturday evening, leaving three in hospital. The man, who has since been released on bail, was arrested on suspicion of causing serious injury by dangerous driving and common assault after the incident at the main crossing on Racecourse Road at around 11 p.m. shortly after a post-race concert by UB40. The three injured have all been discharged from hospital, and the incident is not thought to be terror-related. A statement from Surrey Police on Monday read: "Surrey Police are continuing to investigate after a car drove into a crowd of people at Lingfield Racecourse on Saturday night. A 23-year-old man from Lingfield has been arrested in connection with this investigation on suspicion of Section 18 GBH, causing serious injury by dangerous driving and common assault." The statement continues. He has since been released on bail whilst inquiries continue, and we are appealing to anyone who may have witnessed anything to contact us. It was a checkered evening at Lingfield, with reports of trouble during and after Saturday's seven race fixture, which attracted a large crowd. A 36-year-old man was arrested during racing for verbal and physical abuse towards staff and other racegoers. The man has subsequently been released under investigation. Lola Farley, a resident in the village of Lingfield for over 20 years, said she was shocked by the behaviour of some of the racegoers as she waited in traffic near the course after the racing. She said, "It was the worst I have ever seen. There were people urinating on the pavements." The state of the people—they were walking in the road, and there was just no control over anything.
She added, "Quite a few of my friends have commented that it was disgusting. The litter, the bottles being thrown, the fighting. I've been to Magaluf, but this was just crazy." Now, Mark Spencer, managing director to Arena Racing Company (ARC), who run Lingfield, said. Uh, since the return of spectators on racecourses in May, we have made sure to encourage responsible behaviour from those coming on course, with appropriate security provisions that larger events require, including canine drug units at all weekend fixtures. But that's it from us for this episode of all the news from the racing media, and that comes from the Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. From me, thanks for listening, and join us next time. Okay, thanks for that, Mike. Let's now find out exactly where you can go racing this weekend. Okay, well, kick off. There are six races on the flat at Ascot with a 12.50 start. There are eight races on the flat at Cork, in Ireland, of course, with a 1.35 start. Seven races on the flat at Haydock, 1.50 start. Seven races on the flat at Newmarket's July course, 2.15 start. Eight races over the jumps at Kilbegan in Ireland with a 4.45 start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the Polytrack with a 5.05 start. And six races on the flat at Ayr in Scotland with a 5.55 start. You can also pop over to France for there's racing at Deauville on the flat. And also to the States where there are three races on the flat at Saratoga. Then we move to Sunday and on Sunday we've got... Six races on the flat at Windsor with a one o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Leicester, 1.18 start. Eight races on the flat at the Curra uh, with a 1.25 start. Seven races on the jumps at Down Patrick in Ireland with a 1.40 start. Seven races on the flat at Haydock with a 3.55 start. And two races on the flat at Hope Garten in Germany with a 2.20 start. And one race on the flat at Deauville with a 2.50 start. So, that's all your racing for the weekend. Let's hope the weather stays fine and we can all enjoy it. Now, one of the regular shows that we have on Three Valleys Radio is a programme called In Conversation, where I get together with sporting personalities and we have a chat about their career and their musical tastes and stuff like that. And I was really lucky this week to be able to catch up with leading lady jockey, none other than Holly Doyle herself. And here's a short clip of that interview. Um, my first winner, so I started off as an amateur jockey and my first ride actually went and won. Um, oh. It was a big prize and it was a big shock, but yeah, he actually won my first ride. Um, so that was a good start, but things, you know, things, don't, um, things didn't kind of continue as quick as they started but that's just the way it is but i mean that must have that must have been you know a huge adrenaline rush wasn't it within your very first race yeah it was amazing it was something i felt like i'd been waiting for all my life but obviously being so young i didn't have to wait very long no where, where was it and what was the what was the name of the horse uh the mongoose yeah and where, where where did you win salisbury salisbury all oh, right okay um I often go to Salisbury myself because so, uh, I'm part of um, Hot to Trot Racing. Have you come across them on your travels? Yeah, I've ridden for them quite a bit. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I'm I'm in, I'm I'm in Hot to Trot too, believe it or not. So, oh, okay. so uh, you know, yeah, I've I've got bitten by the bug as well. <laughs> sure you. But <laughs> uh, so um, you had your first ride at Salisbury then, and uh, that was in May 2013, winning by half a length. So. Then you had to sort of go back and take GCs. That must have been a bit of a bind, wasn't it? Uh, I'd finished those before I had my 
first ride. Oh, good, so old, wi- good old Wikipedia. They always get it wrong. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so how did it progress from there then, Holly? I mean, what what was kind of what was the the journey from that point onwards? Um, well, I turned apprentice um, a few months after that because I was too light, really, because they have heavy weights amateurs. So. I always wanted to be an apprentice, but it was just a good starting point for me as an amateur to get a few rides under my belt without being on the big stage, you could say. And um, so I went off to Newmarket and did my apprentice course and got my apprentice license. And then things started rolling from there. And I was still with Dave Evans at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I did three or four years with Dave. Um, and I just rode him a few winners, but things weren't going as well as I'd hoped. And I wasn't improving as quick as I'd hoped. So... I made the move to Richard Hannon's when I was still a seven-pound claimer, um, and it just escalated from there, really. I got given opportunities and improved as a rider, obviously riding lots of good horses and work. And, um, yeah, I rode my claim out over the next few years um, whilst I was attached to Richard, so it was a good experience. So there you go. That was Holly Doyle talking to me uh, in our In Conversation programme, and that's kind of how it all started for us. So there we go. Now it's time to catch up another... Lambourne resident, Mr. Jamie Snowden, who's having a purple patch himself at the moment. Good morning, Jamie. Uh, nice of you to jo- join us, uh, slightly on the hoof, as it were. Good to, uh, good to catch up again, Eddie. It's uh, always, always nice to chat. Well, look, it looks to me, though, uh, Jamie, as though the magic has certainly not stopped, because I make it, of the last nine runners that you've had, I might be wrong on this, but I think I'm right, You've had three winners and five placed out of nine runners, which is hardly what you could call bad form. No, we're 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 very lucky. Things are things are certainly falling right for us at the moment, so uh, can't complain too much. Tell me about the, the the winners in particular. I mean, you must have been pleased with those, weren't you? Yeah, very pleased. It's um, how did you do? I suppose one uh, uh, ten days ago. She she's uh, she's won for the second time this season. I think the penny's really beginning to drop there. She's she's always been a nice filly, but um, she she's been a little bit clueless really as to as to what the game's all about. And and thankfully uh, the winner at Worcester back along really sort of got the ball rolling. She she benefited from a recent wind off and she won very nicely at Utahster uh, ten days ago. And uh, yeah. hopefully there's a lot more to come from that. And then of course you had uh, someday soon, which won at Stratford. That's right. Um, he's he's always been a very nice horse. He won four Novice Hurdles um, two years ago. Uh, he's been slightly... He, he hasn't taken that much racing. Obviously, COVID put paid to a bit of last season, and then he picked up a, a, a niggly injury as well. So he's not had a, a huge amount of racing, but um, he's come back to form this, this, this time around. He's had a couple of good place efforts over hurdles, but he was slightly... Um, carrying too much weight in handicaps and we thought we had to go over a fence so he wasn't the most natural of chasers earlier on but we've done plenty of work on his schooling and Paige gave him a lovely ride and in fairness he, he jumped nicely on his first try over fences at Stratford last week and, and won pretty impressively in the end. Yeah absolutely and then of course finally we had the, the Guinness Affair um, which again you know at Stratford yeah. that was. He's um, he's a lovely horse Guinness um, he, he, he won a bumper at Huntington the time before or last and uh, this was his, his debut over hurdles, and he jumped really nicely and, and quickened up well and, and won going away. So I think he's a, he's a nice horse to keep on the right side of. Um, but apart from that, though, only one entry, according to the Racing Post page here. Is that, that right? You having a bit of a rest now or what? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, there's no jump racing for two weeks now, AD. And there's a, there's a two-week two weeks spell of no jump racing. So, oh, that explains um, it. As much as I'd love to have entries at the moment, um, there, there are no races for them. So... The jockeys all take a take a, a sabbatical and take a bit of a holiday, and 
Meanwhile, the rest of us carry on working. Oh, dear. Just a minute. I've got to get my violin, all right? <laughs> yeah, quite right. Quite right. <laughs> uh, have you had a holiday this year then, Jamie? Um, we, we went away with the, with the children to uh, to Wales for a few days, and um, I think we're going to get back up to Suffolk probably next week for a, a, a bit of time out with uh, with, with Lucy's mum and dad. But um, no, I am. Um, we're just sort of in and around, really. Mm, mm, just chilling, as it were. Well, exactly, exactly. So, uh, plenty of work to be done, and uh, every day is a holiday when when your when your hobby becomes your job. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does, but. the way things are going you've got to be happy with that and let's hope um, the five uh, the ten day break whatever it is not going to disrupt things too much because we want to keep this going we do we do it'd be be nice you know all the winter horses are back in now there's um, they're all cantering away and and, and they look great you know it's a a really exciting time of year and plenty to look forward to yeah absolutely absolutely and then um, because we've just had glorious Goodwood, which was uh, it, which was great to see. Uh, certainly, a, you know, a great spectacle, and the weather wasn't too bad for most of the time. Although the going sort of perhaps disrupted it a little bit, but uh, you know, it helps keep they racing. Had a bit of rain down there, mm. No, it, it helped keep racing at the top of the four, and that, that, that's good. And you know, we've even got Sunday racing now, regular on ITV, which is good. So, all in all, it's all going rather well, isn't it? Yeah, great. And how how are you keeping Eddie? You well? Yeah, no, not too bad. Plodded on, you know, as you go. Just got to keep plodding on. We uh, oh. we've had the uh, the Queen of the Turf. I did an interview with yesterday, so that was a good one. Holly Doyle. Oh, right. Okay. I bet that was good fun. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's that's good. So we're you know we're getting some big names. We got this Jamie Snowden guy comes on on a regular basis. He's quite good as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know. I don't know about that. The more the merrier. Hope I haven't bored your listeners too much. Oh no, not at all, not at all. It's, 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 it's no, it's really seriously. It's, it's good to keep up with people like yourself because it, you know, I think it gives the listeners a feel as to, to what's happening, and they can look at your horses now with a, a renewed confidence. I would say, and um, hopefully, it'll carry on. Well, fingers, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, you take it easy, Jamie. Thanks for joining us, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Eddie. All the best. Take care. Yeah, and you. Take it easy. See you soon. Bye-bye. 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 Right, well, from jump racing now, we're going to switch to flat racing, and we've managed to catch up with Mr Rod Millman from down there in Colum. Right, we're joining me now is Rod Millman. Rod, good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us. Um, You've kind of had a bit of a frustrating time. I mean, I was looking at the stats, and out of 14 runners... Since the 24th of July, you've had two winners and eight placed. And I think I'm right in saying it's about four of those were second, yeah? Well, we've had seven seconds in the last fortnight. Yeah, yeah, which must be extremely frustrating. It has been a bit, but we have had, like we had a winner yesterday, luckily, so that yeah. wasn't too bad. But it's um, it, the horses are running very well. Um, you know, they're running well anyway, that's the main thing. So um, can't complain too much. No, I suppose reasonable amount of prize money but it's it's just kind of frustrating you know so close and yet so far if you could have had seven seconds turn into seven winners you'd be flying wouldn't you well it's funny we we normally have usually uh, luckily over this over the last 30 seasons it's usually averages out about the same amount of winners to seconds really so, um hopefully we'll do the same this year yes yeah we're, we're, up, we're i think we're up to about 25 seconds at the moment and 22 winners so um you know we you think what sometimes you you have five winners on the trot and then all of a sudden you have more winners in seconds but it usually averages out you know so um hopefully it will do 
but uh, you've got a runner this evening at Sandown, I see. Prince of Hearts, good chance. Yeah, he's uh, just come back to form. He, he was a very good horse when I had him a couple of years ago, and we sold him very well, sold him for a lot of money. Mm. And he went to a yard in Newmarket, and he just didn't settle in the big, big, big place. All right. And um, he's come. The owners, uh, the trainer, trainer was very good. He suggested he came back to us. Yeah. And it's taken us a while to get him right again, but he's had two good place runs, and I'm hoping he'll run well tonight. Good. Okay. And then tomorrow, Whispering Winds at Thirst. That's a, a fair old journey for you. Yeah, we're going to see what the ground is. If the ground goes soft, we might not run yet. We don't know yet. If, right. if the ground changes, we might might miss it. Um, and, and then on Tuan? Uh, on Saturday, yeah, Crazy Luck and, and Twister Line. How, what, what about their chances? Well, Crazy Luck's in the Shergar Cup, but she's first reserve, so she may not get a race. Right. But it's amazing prize money, and they look after the owners very well. So um, if we if we can get it get in the race wheel, the prize money's very good. Yeah. And then we've got Twister Line. She's been a bit disappointing so far this year. She's in a in a nursery, which is a two year old handicap. Um, you know she's got to really step up step up on her previous form to to run well. But on her homework, she should run well. But um, she hasn't done so yet. Um, and then I've got on the ragged tip on Sunday at Leicester. Yeah. Well, he he's he's looking. Uh, you know, he's he's coming up with uh, with the goods, didn't he? he? Didn't he win? I think. Yeah, no, second, second. He, he was he was second. Unfortunately, he didn't quite get there. He, yeah. he 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 should he should run a good race, hopefully. Yeah, and and who's but riding? Course, just, um, uh, Ross Cookley's riding uh, on the ragged tip. Yeah. Um, Patrick's riding uh, Prince of Hearts tonight, and I think uh, Karen O'Neill's riding for us Twister Line, and I'm not sure. And we and we we don't know what jockey's going to ride crazy luck it depends what what gets doesn't decide to race you know yeah yeah so it's funny mentioned shergar what a what a what a, a mystery that story is and even now after all these years and we, nobody's ever really found out what happened have they it's really sad no no it is um i mean luckily luckily he's the only one they've ever done it to and i don't think they got paid out luckily no but, um no it was a very sad very sad day for racing when he was uh kidnapped yeah, you know, it's, I, don't, it's, I don't think, don't think the Irish, the, 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 I don't think the, um, the kidnappers realised what they'd done when they did it. No, when they, when they, when they realised who owns racehorses in Ireland, mm-hmm. I think um, that was a very. I, I don't think it. I, I don't expect it did their IRA career much good. No. No, I'm sure it didn't. But uh, looking at Ireland as, as a whole, somebody said to me recently, why is it that Ireland is so strong on horse racing? I mean, how would you answer that question? Um, well, they haven't got very many good football teams, have they? <laughs> no, that's true enough. <laughs> hurling and racing are the national sports in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, they've had a, they, you say they haven't had any good football teams. They've had a few individual players, though, of course. Oh yes, but they have to come over here to play. You see. Yeah. But you yeah. see, in Ireland, in Ireland, um, racing is probably the most talked about sport in the house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, they live and breathe uh, racing, and and it's very small. It's very small compared to English racing. Mm. You know, they only have about twenty twenty percent, or less than that, probably ten percent of the races in Ireland we have over here. Yeah. Yeah. So I but, suppose that's uh, why they all come over here, basically, because all the money's over well, here. Well, no, well, we have money, the money, but the, the Irish have been have been working in racing yards in England for two hundred years. Yeah. Basically, basically, they're very good horsemen, 
and they're small. Mm. The Irish are a lot smaller than the English, you know. Yeah. And, um, but they're, they're jockeys, and <coughs> their jockeys are. They 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 probably don't wrap them in cotton wool so much as we do over here for the children, you know. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and you know they're they're encouraged to go out and do more dangerous things. So they certainly do then, and they've been quite successful at it. To be fair, haven't they? Yeah, they're very really good, really good jockeys, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, and the trainers, the trainers are very good, although I think it's quite sad that um, you've only got sort of three or four stables in Ireland now, you know. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. But look, I'll, I won't hold you up anymore, Rod, because I know you're on your way to uh, Kempton. Is it tonight? No, Sand. I'm not actually going to Sandown. I'm looking at I'm looking at Eurolins today. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> I thought you perhaps you were on your way. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us, and um, we'll talk to you next week, Rod. Okay, lovely. And let's that's hope great. there's a few Thank winners you. this time. Anyway, not seconds. We're talking about exactly. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay, Rod. Thanks very much for joining us as usual. Thank you. Well, that was uh, Rod Millman down in Columpton, and obviously hoping to get out of this run of seconds all the time and pick up a few winners and who can blame him because that's one awful lot of seconds to have okay so now we're going to move on and catch up with dave wilson from harlequin racing well good morning uh david how are you this morning nice well reasonably breezy morning but at least there's no rain yet yeah, no rain at the moment, but I think we've got some arriving overnight and into Saturday and on Sunday as well to ruin the weekend, but mm. there you go. Yeah. Uh, we're just getting over the hangover from last weekend after having a very nice weekend. Shark 2-1 was placed at 28-1 to for us. Prince Alex went in at 8-1. to Wonderful tonight, one at evens, and Bielsa was placed at 14s. And the other two selections were both non-runners, so uh, we had a very good weekend last last Saturday so hopefully everyone else did as well so no pressure today then mate no pressure I'm not going to be able to top that one I don't think but <laughs> there you go uh, we're going to have a look at Ascot and uh, Shurgar Cup Day which is on there tomorrow which is obviously a competition between the uh, lady jockeys the English boys the Irish boys and the rest of the world boys we all have uh, five rides in the six races and uh, obviously it's a team score and an individual competition as well so all the horses are out there and they're trying for every position they can possibly get in the race. So, yeah. uh, what we do, we'll have a look at each race by race and then we'll go over what we think will win the Shogar Cup competition. So, okay, uh, fine. We'll start there with uh, 12.50 and the horse we like here is Stone of Destiny. Um, now, it's going to be ridden by Andrea Atzini and trained by Andrew Baldin. It's one that we've watched closely over the last couple of runs and we've had a couple of each way bets on him and he's been very, very unlucky. He's, uh, he's not very consistent at the start of the race. He sometimes misses his break. He did last time out at Goodwood. But to show what a good horse he was, he came through the pack and he, he, he finished ahead of Batash. Funnily enough, but he finished sixth one place out of hitting the each way bets for us. So... Uh, He's going to be our selection in the first mega for Sherrigal Cup there tomorrow, and he's priced up at around about 6-1 to one at the moment with that 3 six, five. And they're paying three places on the race and a quarter of the odds. So, uh, well, we've had an each-way investment on Stone of Destiny in the first leg. Moving down to the 125 race, we like the chances here of Uber Call. James Doyle's taking a ride for Jane Chapel Hyam. Now, this fella had 959 days off the track, best part of three years off from racing. 
and he returned with an emphatic win back on the 29th of May. And he's only been put up five pounds by the handicapping. Now, the thing we know, it was coming up to the final furlong, he actually stumbled. And most horses, if they stumble in a race, they've got no chance of recovering. But this fellow went on and absolutely sluiced him. He was very impressive winning. Mm. And he's priced up around about seven to two at the moment. And that's with Paddy Power and the rest of the firms are 130. So you have the best price with Paddy Power. I don't think it's going to last too long, especially the way Uber Call run last time out. And he's had nice breaks into that race as well. So okay. Moving down to the two o'clock race, and uh, we're going with Master of a Star. Peter Turner taking the ride here for Ed Dunlop. Now, this fella won, beat Good Birthday, but he won it in the stewards' room. It was a photo finish, and Good Birthday actually won the race. And there was a bit of bump in between them, which was caused by Good Birthday, and Master of a Star was awarded the race. But the thing that we've noted is, since then, Good Birthday's come out and won two more big handicaps since, and has risen £11 up the handicap. Now, Master of the Star had one run, which was quite close after that race, and then he had a race on the all-weather, and he didn't go on the going. So, he's only gone up a couple of pounds since that win in the stewards' room, so he's well in, really, on the handicap if you rate him alongside Good Birthday. He's priced up around about 9-1 to one with Sky Bet, and they're playing four places on the race in the fifth of the eighth. So uh, we suggest a nice each-way bet on Master of the Star in the third leg and for good uh, our Cup. Just happened to be a coincidence that it was Hayley Turner riding, I take it? Yeah, just it, it does in these races because the jockeys are actually not selected by the owners or the trainers and they're actually put onto the horses. So it's uh, one of those things. But funnily enough, in the next leg, the 235, we're going with Bear Force 1. Again, this is going to be ridden by Hayley Turner and trained by Roger Teal. Well, now, funny that, really. I'm, I'm surprised at that. <laughs> yeah, it's quite 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 comical, really. But we do select <laughs> not on the jockeys, on the on the race form. Now, Bear Force 1 last summer, he came out and he had two-thirds and a win in a good class three race. And he was running then off of a handicap mark in 92. And in the last leg of that summer festival he had there, it, the class two race, he come third in. Most of the horses in that race have come out and have been running in class one listed, class one group three levels. So uh, he had a prep run not too long ago at Doncaster over a mile two, which is miles too far for this horse to be running over. He's at seven third or miler. So he's obviously been dropped back in trip by his trainer and he's also been dropped down in the handicap a little bit by the handicap guys so uh, he's priced up at the moment at 14 to 1 with Sky Bet and they're paying four places on the race and it's a fish of the odds so uh, 235 there we're going with Bear Force 1 in the fourth leg of the Shergar Cup okay down to the fifth leg the 310 race we're going with a horse here called Possible Man going to be ridden by David Egan and trained by Sir Michael Stout He's, he's only had five races in his life and he's won two of them and he, he looks like he's improving every time he comes to the track and uh, obviously Sir Michael Stout's horses do this they, they seem to come to the, the track as two-year-olds and then they improve as three-year-olds and then they improve again and it's the way his horses run and it's the way that it's, it's noted that that's how he trains them so uh, this fella's stepping up from a, a win over 10 furlongs into a 12 furlong race here and it looks like he 
he's going to be the one to beat in the race for me anyway. And last time out when he won, the horse that finished second has come out and got beaten in the front of finishing a big race at Goodwood since. So the form is very solid and possible man priced up at five to one at the moment. Four places on offer, 50 odds with slight bets and then, uh, It'd be a good bet each way there, just sort of safety in case he doesn't win the race and finishes in the top four places. Okay, fine. Moving down to the last leg, the 345, one that we backed last week at a very big price, 28 to 1, Shark 2 1. He's in the race here, and we think he's going to come out and run very well again. He's going to be ridden by Andrea Atzini, trained by Richard Farley. Uh, as I say, we backed him last week and he, he duly obliged at a very big price and he's been dropped at a pound by the handicapper from that run, which I find quite amazing really. And the other thing is he's been dropped down in trip by his trainer as well from seven furnals down to six furnals. Now previously this fella's won off of a handicap mark of 93 over the six furnal trip and he's now back down to a handicap rating of 87, so obviously as I say, he's £6 well in on the race from what he's done previously. And he's priced up at around about 10 to 1 with William Hills and they're paying four places on the race, uh, fifth of the odds. So he's going to be our each way better today than jump to one for the second week in a row for us. Now, as we say, it's Shergar Cup Day and uh, it's a big competition on all the jockeys get five rides out of six races and... The ladies are taking on the English and taking on the Irish and taking on the rest of the world. Now, we think the top jockey of the meeting is probably going to be Nicola Curry based on uh, the betting patterns of the races. But we think Sean Levy's going to have a very big chance of winning this. And he's priced up at 8-1, to one, so he could be well worth having a small investment on to win the Shergar Cup top jockey. And the winning team, we think Sean Lee is going to be part of the rest of the world team, which is priced up at about 3-1. to one. Now, they've got Kevin Stott and Andrew Rattini, the Italian, and uh, I think he comes from Copenhagen, Kevin Stott. So, uh, nice nice international rest of the world team there, and I think they've got a good chance of winning it around about 3-1. to one. But the ladies are the market leaders in the, in the betting, and uh, Nicola Curry's favourite to win the jockey title. Uh, as you see, we've tipped up two horses for Hayley Turner, so uh, if she wins on both of them, she's going to be very, very hard to beat in the jockey's betting as well. So, uh, but as I say, like, we're going to be Sean Levy to win the jockey title <coughs> and Russell Rock to win the team title. So that's what we've got for the Shergar Cup there for you tomorrow, Adrian. Lovely um, job, David. Thank you very much. Good day. Thank you very much for that. Okay, well, we'll speak Bye. to you again next week, I'm sure. And um, let's hope you go and have another heavy night um, on the weddings of this lot. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Cheers, mate. See you next, next week. week. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That was Dave Wilson with all his tips for the uh, Shergar Cup tomorrow. Now it's time to catch up with the cheeky chappy himself. Of course, Colin actually will be at the Shergar Cup tomorrow. So um, hopefully he'll have some reasonably good information for us. So here he is, Colin Brown. Good morning, Colin. Um, on on location down at Brighton, I hear. I certainly am, and uh, good to uh, good to be on the radio show again, of course. And uh, hi, listeners. Yeah, we've got some good racing for Saturday, um, and uh, I think we'll start a new market today, if that's okay with you. Yeah, whatever suits you. Whatever suits me. Well, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Right. So, uh, at, New, at, at Newmarket, there was an interesting runner in the um, 
in the maiden race at 2.15, there's a horse called Girl on Film here, trained by Rafe Beckett and ridden by uh, Ross Ryan. He's having a great time, Ross Ryan, riding plenty of winners for uh, stables up down the country. And it seems that he gets on very well now with the stable of Rafe Beckett. So that's my first winner for you up there at Newmarket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second winner for us runs at the 250. It's a horse number 11. It's called Wild Beauty. And this one's trained by uh, uh, trained by Charlie Appleby. I think the horse has got a serious chance of winning here today. Um, some striker was behind it last time. I don't, I don't think that should really, re- you know, re- shouldn't reverse the form. I don't think so. That's the one I fancy in uh, in the uh, two, whatever it is, um, two two fifty. <laughs> right. In the nursery, I think the stable will have a double. The Appleby Yard horse called Fall of Rome. Now he's a horse that won here at Newmarket last time out, so he knows the track. And um, I think he'll take a lot of beating. I really do. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I think the Apple VR could have a good day here because in the next race, the four o'clock, um, although Bin Saros uh, Bin got a run of a Godolphin, um, there's also a nice horse in it called Kamachi, William Buick, who's going for the jockey's title. He rides this one, Kamachi. I think this one, uh, Adrian, will take a lot of beating. And there are my only selections from Newmarket. Okay, where are we going now then, uh, Colin? Uh, I think we'll just have a quick look at the uh, Lingford evening meeting um, because there's some very good racing there. There really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's 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 a horse running in the 5.35 called Basic Beauty. Again, it's tra- a good off horse trained by Bin Saror. And um, it finished six at Newcastle the other day, but looks to me like it will improve. So uh, I think this 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 four-year-old has only had the one run, but I think it will improve and it will take a little bit of beating down there at Lingfield. I like Lingfield Park. It's a great track. And, um, you know, everybody crabs the all-weather, but, you know, you've got to have these all-weather hmm. tracks. And there's a horse r- running here caught by Roger by the Roger Varian stable in the 605 called Manifith. Um, second at Newbury to roll in the dice the other day. That looked pretty decent form. And uh, Dane O'Neill, who's been informed this week for the um, Shadwell Stud Yard, uh, I think will we'll, um, take a little bit of beating on this one. Okay. That last one, I suppose, um, is a sort of description of you, really, isn't it? Well, I suppose it is, really. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> hey, Mary won't be very pleased for you saying that. She'll be sort of like, you know. Well, I, I'm not. I can't really comment on Mary's beauty because I've never met the lady, so uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Really? Uh, you will have to. You'll have to meet her soon. You'll have mm. to meet her soon. Yeah. Um, anyhow, let's get up to Haydock Park, Adrian, and um, it, at Haydock Park in the two twenty-five, Jim Crow, Crowley's up there riding Seaban. Uh, for Sir Michael Stout. Now, this horse won at Haydock Park last summer. A bit of a horse called Poet's Dawn. <clears throat> Excuse me, that form's turned out pretty good. And I think Feeban is the one to beat uh, in the 225. Uh, it's a handicap, but quite a nice uh, 
nice prize in that race. So that's the one to beat Duke Crowley takes a ride. Good competitive racing, Haydock. Sometimes I don't always find Haydock the easiest place to find a winner. Just depends on the ground, really, whether they really get a lot of rain or not, doesn't it, sometimes up there? Yeah, but, um, there's a lot of rain forecast, isn't there? There is a lot of rain forecast, but there's a horse up here that probably won't mind it mm. called Potapova, and it runs in the 335. It's trained by Michael Stout, it's ridden by Holly Doyle. It wasn't beaten that far by Alcohol Free at Ascot at the, um, at the uh, Royal Ascot meeting in the Coronation Stakes. And I should think it's done a whole load of improving since then because it hasn't run for quite a long time. And that's what Michael Stout sometimes does with his horses. And I said this horse will take an awful lot of beating uh, today. Right. Talking about, I mean, we've been talking about the boys in blue a lot today. And in the 410, the Rose of Lancaster Stakes. I think Real World, the Royal Ascot and Newbury winner will take the beating. It's about 6-4 to four as we speak. Marco Gianni rides it for Bins to Raw, but I do think Godolphin will have a good day. And this Royal Ascot winner, Real World, uh, I think, can uh, win again today. You know, he was mighty impressive at Newbury last time out, and mighty impressive in the Royal Hunt Cup. Right, yeah. As we look as we look on forward uh, at Haydock Park, um, there's a horse that I think is a massive improver. I put him up the other day. He's called Acquisitor, and he runs in this 440 at Haydock. He's ridden by a fellow called Billy Garrity. It's Ro- Ross Garrity. He used to ride his, Ross Garrity, his son. Good little rider. He's won three now at Catterick, two at Catterick, one at Chester. I think it'll win again. It's called Acquisitor in the... 440. Any relation to Freddie and the Dreamers, you reckon? Hey, Doctor. No relation whatsoever. Well, could be, I suppose, but as far as I know, no relation at all. Because <laughs> he's a Garrity, isn't he? One, you know your music. Yeah, Freddie Garrity. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Freddie Garrity. Carry on. Carry on, right. Um, up at air. Up at air, um, there's quite a good meeting, but um, do you know what? They might just get the rain, and I'm not sure. There's a couple of horses up there that could run well. One of them runs in the 625. It's called called, um, Furcom Hall, and it's trained by a fellow called Kirby, and he's a real good trainer, Phil Kirby. Um, And it was beaten last time out, but I think it could get back to form today. Furcom Hall is what it's called in the 625 at air. Right, We're going to finish yeah. up at Ascot. I'm at the Shergold Cup, and um, at Ascot, it's, uh, of course, it's the Shergold Cup is made up of ten horses per race, three jockeys, uh, four teams from around the world, ladies' team, around the world team, Great Britain team, and Ireland team. And uh, in the uh, six races we've got, it's going to be mighty competitive, and they have a couple of substitutes as well, if you like, but. I was up late last night trying to work out all the winners because I do bet with Ascot and I work for Ascot TV uh, so on and so forth and do a few boxes there. So I've worked the winners out here today. Um, so are you ready? I'm going to give you six winners at Ascot. Right, come on then. Here we go. First race on the card, the 1250 Dubai Judy Free Shergar Cup Dash. I'm going for number three. Tis Marvellous. Uh, that horse at 
my prices at this moment, don't quote me, around about nine to two. Clive Cox rides and Kevin stopped. Uh, Clive Cox trades it and Kevin stopped. Jockey from around the world. He was born in Denmark. He takes the ride. In the 125, the Dubai duty-free Shirkar Cup stayers handicap. I think this might go to call my bluff. And this one is ridden by a very good rider. who rode a good winner this week. And it's the it's a it's a oh, called Mikael Mikael. And she rode a couple of winners in France this week. She's joining Haley Turner's team um, here today, along with Nicola Curry. And I think she'll win on Call My Bluff. Right. Two o'clock race at Ascot, the Dubai Duty Free Shogar Cup Challenge Handicap. I think this can go to Spanish Kiss. It's trained by William Knight. Didn't get the best ride last time out. Went right round the inside. He's only beaten a couple of lengths here at Ascot. Before that, it won at Newmarket and York. And I think Spanish Kiss ran about 15 to 2. It's worth backing each way, certainly. The 235, the Dubai Duty Free Shogar Cup Mile. Interesting race. And um, in this race, I think that um, horse number three, Vintager, can win. It's about six to one, uh, Vintager. And this one uh, today is ridden by Nicola Curry, who rode the big race winner down at Brighton on Thursday for the Brighton Mile. So Vintager for me in the 2.35. On to the 3.10, what wins this? I think Nicola Curry will win it on State of Bliss for Mark Johnson. I think the big danger to her is um, is certainly the uh, Sir Michael Stout horse in the race, uh, but a possible man. But um, I do think that State of Bliss has got a very good each way chance. Possible man is the danger, but this horse I've gone for because I think the girls will win it again. They won a couple of years ago when Kaylee. Um, captain the team she had holly doyle and her team that day but um this time she got nicola curry and uh michiel michel from france and the last race i think adam kirby's um, captain of the uh, great britain team he rides a horse called pop master i think pop master will probably win our last race on the card at ascot number three pop master he's around about four to one um I think he's got a very serious chance. And so, if you're at Ascot tomorrow, bet with Ascot, are betting on, you know, which team win the races, the people with the, the individual most points, uh, are, are, and it's a, a really good meeting there for the Dubai Judy Free Shogar Cup. So, give it a go. That's what I say. And that's my lot for Saturday, I'm afraid. OK, Colin, that's fine. Thank you very much for that. You're not going to venture to to who's going to win the Shogar Cup, then? Um, I've already done that. Have you? What, the girls? The girls. Yeah, okay. Did I not say that? All right, sorry, listeners. The girls, they, that, their team will win the 2021, 21st running of it, the Shergal Cup. Named after that wonderful Shergal course who won the derby. Um, bred known by the, his Royal Highness, the Aga Khan, of course, trained by Michael Stout, written by the great late Walter Swinburne, who won the derby in 1981, and was allegedly kidnapped a couple of years later by the IRA and never to be seen since, sadly. But um, there we go. The legend 
is remembered on Dubai Duty Free Show of our Cup Day. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Colin. I know you're a busy boy, so you better get in uh, start hospitality duties. And, um, you know, we'll speak to you next week as we normally do. We certainly will. Great to speak to your listeners and you, AD. Take care. Speak next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye for now. And seeing as Colin didn't, I will mention Mary. Good afternoon, Mary. Hope you're having a good day. Horse racing is the sport of kings, and here at Hot to Trot Racing, we have the perfect way to experience the thrill of racehorse ownership at the highest level, but at a fraction of the cost. Hot to Trot Racing operate three syndicates, two on the flat and one over jumps, with each costing just over £2,000 for an all-inclusive share per year. Each syndicate has at least five leased horses who are based with leading trainers in the UK, like Clive Cox, Roger Charlton and Nicky Henderson. A syndicate member's benefits include communication, a diverse schedule of events, badges for racing when a syndicate have a runner, hospitality during the season, including our end-of-season lunch, and a share of the prize money earned by the horses. For more details, contact Sam Hoskins at sam at hottotrotracing.com. Hot to Trot Racing, the sport of kings. fancy a bit of jazz funk or maybe some soul or Motown or even classic American disco come to that well my altered ego show is the one for you Why don't you join me, A.D. Hopper, every Sunday at 4 and Friday at 2.30 here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, after that quick uh, message from our sponsors, it's time to say cheerio for this week. Prospect of a great day's racing at Ascot with the Shergar Cup. So hopefully those of you going there will enjoy that. And if you are, look out for Colin Brown because he'll be on hospitality duty there. But in the meantime, our thanks to our guests Rod Millman, Dave Wilson, Holly Doyle, Colin Brown and Jamie Snowden. Make sure you join us again next week. Same station, same time. In the meantime, have a good weekend and a good weekend's racing in particular. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This is Three Valleys Radio. And you've been listening to The Racing Show. Every Friday night at 7 o'clock, we bring you all the tips, all the trainers, all the jockeys. And above all, Colin Brown.
so make sure you join us every Friday night here on Three Valleys Radio.